Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we tackle a topic that concerns everyone, especially leaders. So how many of us feel like we have too much to do and too little time in which to do it? How often do you feel like you've spent the day super busy and you're exhausted, but you weren't necessarily productive in moving forward on the important things in your ministry or your life? So how we manage our time and our schedules matters so that we can operate at our most effective level and still have margins for the things that matter, our relationships, our health, etc. So today I'm joined by my good friends, Andrew Kemp and Nick Lindsay for another episode of Group Talk um, and Book Talk. So thanks, Andrew and Nick, for being here. Thanks for having us again, Karen. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we started this as a little experiment about a little over a year ago where we did our first book talk on the art of gathering by Priya Parker. Um, and that was about how to design and execute powerful intentional interactions and meetings. And then the, we did a second one last March on Celeste Headley's book, We Need to Talk, which was about conversations that matter. And today we're tackling a more personal topic on productivity. And I know this doesn't sound super sexy as a topic, but um, I know especially for you, Nick, like this has been a, a game changer in how you do your life. So I can't wait for us to dive in and talk about that. But let me tell you a little bit about both of these guys. Um, Andrew Kemp is currently the spiritual growth pastor at Mountain Life Church in Park City, Utah, where he served since 2016, and he contribu- contributes monthly to the Small Group Network blog. He's a blogger. And Nick Lindsay is the dinner group director at Hoboken Grace Community Church in Hoboken, New Jersey, and he serves as a Small Group Network at our finance director. And the three of us uh, became friends through the Small Group Network, and we also learned that we all had occupations unrelated to church before God called us into ministry. Um, Andrew was a chef, which I think is the coolest of the three occupations, Andrew. Easily. Uh, (laughs) Easily, right? Um, Nick was a Wall Street financial analyst, and I was an attorney. So we approach books from different perspectives, and all three of us serve not only different states, but different church contexts. So hopefully that'll make it interesting and informative for you uh, to connect with. So Nick, you want to give us a quick summary of the book that we are reviewing uh, this month and include some background that might be helpful about the author. Yeah, I'd love to share about this. So Free to Focus is a productivity book that focuses on how to accomplish more by doing the right things as opposed to doing Mm -hmm. more. So there's this common myth within productivity that the reason we want to be more uh, productive is so that we can do more things. Right. But you're just, when you get into that habit, you just, it never ends. Like you just find more and more to do. And so um, this, this actually is a trilogy of books, in my opinion. Um, so Michael Hyatt has two other books that kind of complement this one. So his first one was uh, Living Forward, which kind of helps you set out a life plan for you and what you're hoping to sort of accomplish over a course of several years. Um, one of the tasks he has in it is writing your own eulogy to give you an idea wow. of like, all right, so like when you're <laughs> when you're at your when people are talking about you, like what is it that you want to accomplish in life that they're gonna yeah highlight? your legacy goals yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is best year ever. So then you boil that down. And it's like, okay, so what is the progress I'm going to make in this next year? And how do I write out the goals so that I can actually attain those things? And then what's beautiful about this one is that this is about the day-to-day, the week-to-week. So it kind of boils it down and and, and helps you uh, 
chop off a little bit more of your goal and your strategy as you're as you're going along. So, yeah. why do you think this um, idea of productivity for some people, ministry and productivity seem like they're a little bit at odds? Um, I don't know how to describe it. I think for someone like you, Nick, who's a type A driver <laughs> and really organized, like this really kind of is a bit of a love language. But for you, Andrew, you're more of our soulish person on here, more the contemplative. Um, why did you find this really an important um, area for s- small group phone people to address? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Carolyn. And I think um, while reading this book, I was also reading through John Mark Com- Comer's new book, The Ruthless Elimination mm-hmm. of Hurry. Um, and just realizing, um, like Nick said, we live in this myth that, you know, if I'm more productive, I can get more things done, which inevitably leads to more hurry and more yeah. busy, hectic lives, not necessarily full, meaningful lives. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we need to look at the heart issue of who we who we are and what what is the life we truly want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, T.S. Eliot had this great quote that we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Mm. Um, which is beautiful and, you know, a lot to think through um, and ruminate on. And so I think Michael Hyatt gives us some practical tips of how do I truly structure my life so that I can actually be free to be the person God is calling me to be. And then mm-hmm. to be fully present, um, not only in my ministry, but more importantly, in my personal life, my family life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married. I have two daughters, three and a half and one and a half, who demand my attention. And so if I'm not focusing on the right things during my week mm-hmm. um i go home tired and exhausted and my daughters don't care they need me to be fully present my wife needs me to be fully present so how do i then structure that week my days so that i can i can do that and it's interesting because andrew and i are currently at somewhat the same life stage because mm-hmm. we both have toddlers that are demanding <laughs> our attention and the beautiful thing about toddlers though is that they really make it so obvious that you are not being present yes, with them yes. because what they don't have phones that they could be distracting themselves <laughs> right. with right and so when they're like trying to get your attention and you're like i just need two more minutes to finish this email we have we have a group fire i need to put it out like right. <laughs> he doesn't or she doesn't understand that at all right? right and so that's like how i kind of confronted this a little bit was just like oh man like this is leaking into my personal mm-hmm. life i really need to make sure I'm getting the things done before I get home so that when I'm home, I can be home. Right. So. And I think there's a, some myth um, that sometimes we buy into as Christian leaders that it's work for God. Therefore, somehow it, we have to keep, we can't say no, we have to do it. Um, and then we expect our spouses and our families and other friendships, other commitments, uh, whether it's exercise or whatever it may be, we, we kind of spiritualize the work part because it's working for God. And where I, I found this for myself when I was a lawyer, I was much better at boundaries um, because I'm like, okay, I put in my time and as long as it wasn't going to, wheels weren't going to fall off, um, I, I was done. Ministry is different. I've allowed um, in the past have to have that bleed in more because it feels like it matters more, which it does. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's harder to yeah. say no to ministry stuff and, and keep it from bleeding into our personal time than it is if you were working in a secular environment. Yeah. It's interesting. The other thing that we kind of have in common with this coming into this book is that the book that I read in addition to this book was Digital Minimalism by Kyle Newport. Mm. And I think that this book does a really great job on like helping you structure those things. But there's you kind of need another 
there's other books out there right. that help better with the why you should yes. eliminate certain things and why you need to be present with your family, those kind of things. So, right. you know, as you're going into this book, understanding that. And, and Hyatt does touch on that. He does say that productivity is interpersonal. Mm -hmm. And that, again, back to that point I made earlier that, you know, how I am focusing my attention and time will bleed over yes. into who my family, to my family and to my um, outside of work life. Yeah, so, well, let's dive in. What, um, do you want to give us, Nick, just a, a brief summary of the, his uh, main points? And then we can talk about uh, what our aha moments were in the book that we found most helpful for ourselves, but also for small group point people. Yeah, so he has like three main areas, and then each of those areas also have three main things. So, Michael Hyatt can naturally be a pastor because he understands this, like, here's your three <laughs> the things, triad, right? yeah. <laughs> so um, the, the main three are stop, cut, and um, act. And so by stop, you know, it's interesting. He uses stop as opposed to go. You would think that, like, mm -hmm. you instantly want to start putting together a plan. But he wants you to stop so that you have the opportunity to evaluate everything that you're doing so that you mm -hmm. can um, identify, like, what the why is and why... You want to be productive. What is it that 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 needs to be? Um, next is uh, also inside of that is rejuvenate. So um, I love one of his points that he has in there about how time is fixed and mm -hmm. energy isn't. Yes. And so we think that we have the same amount of energy through every single season, and it's just not true. No. Um, you know, so it, that's one of those things that's fascinating. Like I think as group leaders, where we understand this the most, at least I do, is. I will use a ton of energy when it comes time for group launch season. Yes. And then it's funny, like, I really need to do a better job of scheduling my vacation when I know my adrenaline has run out <laughs> and been de completely depleted. Yes. And so, like, but he does, he gives some really good things about, like, how to build that into your current week, which we can dive into a little bit later. Um, the, the next section was uh, cut. So this is trying to eliminate the things that, uh, so it, Cut has three areas to it. So it's eliminate, automate, and delegate. So eliminate the things that you no longer need to be doing that aren't going to make you more productive. Automate those things that are routine tasks that are continuous. Um, and then delegate is um, getting things off your plate, allowing right. others who may even have a better gift set than you in those areas um, to, to do those things. And then the last one is act, which is broken up into consolidate, designate and activate consolidate being about this concept of batching which i would love mm -hmm. to get into a little yeah, bit later that, that was one of the big takeaways for me yeah uh designate which is when you're gonna assign when you're gonna do the things that you say that you want to accomplish and then the last one is activate which is um things that you can do to limit interruptions and breaking focus throughout your your time um and just different tactics so. So of those sets, um, so Andrew, let me ask you this. Which of these um, were aha moments for you? Um, I think just knowing that there are multiple levels of work. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know this stuck, stood out to you too, Caroline, was this quadrant that he had, yes. a, this desire zone. Um, it actually, or let me step back, you know, it, it's in line, it's a quadrant based on our passions and our proficiencies, you know, and our, our love and our our strengths are when we're in the desire zone, which match up with our proficiency, what we're good at and what we're passionate mm -hmm. about. I think for me, my struggle is I get stuck in this drudgery zone <laughs> or like all the other zones because I think the demands of ministry, the, the tyranny of the urgent press in on me. So the emails need to be responded to this. Needs, and I'm right. not actually doing anything 
to actually move the ministry forward um, that align with my proficiencies and passions. And so just looking at this and thinking, okay, where, where do I need to focus um, mm-hmm. my attention uh, throughout the week that will actually move my ministry forward in ways that no one else can? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the four zones of productivity, the desire zone, distraction zone, um, disinterest zone, and drudgery zone. You were saying the drudgery one kind of grabs you. I think um, for me, it was a distraction zone, which is mm-hmm. high passion, low proficiency. So this is where I get involved with other people's work. Um, and I want to help make it better, but it distracts from the work that I need to be doing, especially the yeah. deeper work where you need to like think through stuff versus just putting out little fires. Um, or that false sense of, of accomplishment you get when you get through your inbox and your email, but that really was not the deeper work you needed to be doing to move the ministry forward. And as point people, if we just do the task part without doing the deeper thinking, praying, um, visioning, and kind of planning out, um, we're really going to leave our, our leaders and our teams and our church in a lurch because there's nobody else doing that but the point people, but us. Yeah. I, I love that that zone is called the distraction zone because I think that's just so appropriate that like this is things that are just really taking you off the course. And I know like for me, some of that is even wrapped up in like I want to be a go to for other people in the office to yes. be able to have answers because that means that I'm needed. Yes. And that I'm means that like I'm, yes. yeah, that I'm important and and understanding that like they do have the capability of figuring this stuff out on their yes. own has, has really been freeing. And I, and I think it goes back to the doing the things that only you can yeah. do is, mm-hmm. is really where that desire zone is and, and where we want to try to spend the most amount of time. Um, I really think this section is probably the one that's worth the cost of admission for this book because yes. I think this is a principle that you can also bring to your group leaders because I think these zones exist inside of their groups as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think all uh, point people experience is having to teach your group leaders about delegating the tasks and responsibilities and distributing ownership in the group. But it would really help your group leader to know like, okay, there's things in your drudgery zone that you just absolutely hate doing. I know for a lot of groups, it's their that report, that attendance report. Right, that right. It's important to us as a as a director or a point person because we know this is this allows us to know who's connected and sure. their consistency but to them as a as a leader it's just like oh this feels like administration but i guarantee you there's someone in your group that would enjoy doing mm-hmm. that and so being able to delegate that off to them hey, could i add something real yeah, quick nick because when he talks about delegation he brings up one he brings up five levels of delegation which i think are also worth the price of oh this my book. gosh yes but then he also what hit me home is when I think of my drudgery zone, I think everybody else has the same yes. drudgery zone. <laughs> so if, if, you know, reports, budget, you know, whether as a small group point person or as a small group leader, my drudgery equals everyone else's drudgery, which is actually a horrible way to look at life, you know? <laughs> and so how to realize that, no, what might be in my drudgery, my disinterest zone, my distraction zone might actually be in one of my small group leaders or other small group members um, desire zone. Right. And yep. it's not that you can eliminate, you know, all the zones except for the desire zone. That would be unrealistic. I mean, life doesn't yeah. work that way. We still have to, you know, cook and clean and make the bed and do some of the stuff um, and take out the trash, that kind yeah. of thing. But that you maximize the, your time as much as possible in the, the quadrants that make most sense for what um, God has for you and what your ministry needs. 
So that makes a difference. What are about um, some other ahas that kind of you've adopted or has been helpful for you? Um, I, I've really jumped on to his, uh, the automate. So oh, yeah. how do I, so I started to think like, okay, so what are the areas in which I can automate my role as a small group point person? And I started to think about the repeat emails that were coming in <laughs> yes. or tasks that I have to do. And so um, for us, one of the ones that we were doing was, you know, you have people who will sign up for group, but then they just never show up. So, right. you know, I, my uh, project or my um, church management system allows me to see who are the people who signed up but haven't showed up. And so I have that email list and then I'm able to just send them an automated email that um, walks through that. So like that email for me looks like, hey, like we're super happy that you took the step mm -hmm. of jumping into a community, but we've noticed that you haven't been able to take that step yet. I don't know if it's because the night no longer works for you or um, there's something else that right, came up, but right. I just want to let you know, like I would love to help get you connect another way. Now, if I have to, as you hear me, that just took like 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds to get that out. Right. If I had to write that every single right. time, yeah. like in it, and you can hear like there's the personality in it. And so like I've been able to find some tools that help me mm -hmm. be able to automate those emails and still. So you just cut and paste that into the next thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I have something that like I literally will type in um, no show and then I hit tab nice. and it literally does the whole thing. Wow. So um, <laughs> he, he gives you some of those tools within right, that. But right. like it's interesting. That would be a task in the past that would take me an hour that now takes me 10 five, 10 minutes. Yeah, so. I have one of those emails more recently and we've been trying to use um, other entry points in the church, like for example, our discipleship classes and have small groups be the next step out of there and potential small group leading to be the next step out of there. So initially I was doing individual, I wanted to make it personal. So I was doing individual email saying, hi Joe, saw that you finished your discipleship class. We'd love to invite you to consider leading a group, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, wait, this really can still sound personal, but can be automated. Yes. Um, yeah. So I just did a very simple way of creating a template email draft. Um, and then I just change whatever couple little facts about the people. And then as soon as the class is done, I get a list of the people who graduated and then boom, it's out. And it takes a fraction of the time um, than it would have been. So I think there's definitely some of those, there's probably at least five to seven emails that we send on a regular basis that probably could be automated, but personalized at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, so the other kind of related thing is this thing called batching, which I had read about before, but now I'm really convicted by. Um, and I know, Nick, you've been doing this for a while. So tell us how it's revolutionized your life so we can be motivated to do it. Yeah, you know, I would love for this to expand into other areas, but let me tell you where I have been doing this batching already. So one of the things that he has you do within the... Uh, designate area is this thing called ideal week, which is where you kind of lay out like if, if you had an ideal week, what would you want it to look like? Um, and obviously you bring in some reality to it. So at our church, we have a lot of staff meetings on Monday afternoons. Um, so that means that my mindset is going to be like in meeting mode. And so um, one of the other things I should disclose too is that I also am the finance director at my church. So I do bookkeeping and I do small mm -hmm. groups, which I have yet to find someone else who has that <laughs> same, same combo, but um, it's one of those things that how God has uniquely designed me, I guess. So, um, But one of the other things, too, is that my I don't do great with transitions, um, so I kind of need to stay in the same mode for as long as possible, or else I get way too distracted and end up burning a lot of time. So that's one of the other concepts that it walks yes. through in this. Yeah. But one of the things with batching is that I've sort of clumped my meetings together so I can stay in meeting mode. So for me... I have meetings 
on Mondays and I have them also on Thursday afternoons so that um, I can, uh, so I have a little bit of time Thursday afternoon that when staff, uh, other staff members have requested, hey, can we meet together to work on X, Y, or Z? I can give them, hey, I have this time frame. Mm -hmm. Does this work for you? And then I also, networking is really important to me. It's, it's something that the small group network um, has really developed within me and, and has allowed me to appreciate is that giving back and helping other yes. churches and and in that time frame. So when when people reach out to me that's hey, can we talk small groups? I have time Thursday afternoon that allows me to do that. Mm. And one of the things I also do inside that is that's when I love to jump onto our Facebook page and go read through mm -hmm. the um the the posts of the past week and jump into the ones I know that I can help mm -hmm. out in. Because um, in the past, what I would do is anytime I'm on Facebook, like I see them, yeah. I immediately want to jump in and start doing <laughs> right. that. And so like I've kind of categorized it and sort of put it into an area where it has then given me freedom to where mm -hmm. I don't feel guilty for not doing what I wanted to do. Right. Um, and then so when I have those meetings on the outside, then the middle of the week allows me to do the more tasks that I need to have like uh, longer periods of focus on. So writing content, writing those leadership mm -hmm. guides that I need to get out to our group members or group leaders, um, uh, focusing on recruiting. So like yes. I've set time to be able to do that. And so it allows me to stay in those zones much longer as opposed to constantly interrupting and trying to, to do like, oh, I'll get to it, you know, when I desire it. Because I think there's some of those things that we don't necessarily right. desire that need to get done. Sure. Um, or there's things that are important to us, right? Mm -hmm. But they keep getting interrupted by yeah. so-called these fires that yeah. that we sometimes I think make more urgent than they actually are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what you're saying about not being that transition, I mean, neurological research backs that up. It's not just a Nick Lency issue. That's actually a human <laughs> thing. We think we can multitask, but research after research indicates that we cannot. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of time um, to go back into the mode and to focus again. So it makes sense to batch your attention. Because um, I think you said it earlier, Andrew, the, the idea he has, which was an aha for me too, that time is fixed, but energy is flexible. Um, and especially when you have multiple roles. And like, Andrew, I know you just took on a couple more roles in your yeah, church. Right. Um, you're a victim of your success. <laughs> uh, it may not be about finance, but then I think the batching concept becomes even more important because you're now you're working across different teams. Right. So you need to kind of set them. How are you managing that? not well if i'm <laughs> honest well because it's it's this you know you you're thrown new responsibilities at church and you have to keep this engine rolling and so you never develop the discipline or i have yet to develop the discipline and i think this book is helping nudge me that way because this is not my natural personality but i'm realizing one like he said the distraction area like if, if I don't devote that time, I will get distracted by that, the emails, the, let's just call them for what they are, the stupid little tasks that, <laughs> that have to get done, but they're not, but they distract me from that or my phone beans. And I, I think I have to answer that text right away, whether it's from a small group leader or from my wife. And so I, you know, how do I really design that schedule? So I am, I do have that two hour chunk of time to give my attention to something that really mm -hmm. does need that two-hour chunk. Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think this book is helping nudge me. You know, I'm not, I'm trying not to turn it into a should. Right, You know, right. that guilt, you know, of... Uh, that doesn't own any good. <laughs> no, but it, it's our natural inclination. Yes. So let's own yes. it for what it is. 
you know, we all could be doing better. Um, so how, yeah. what, what are the little nuggets I can take from this book? And I think part of it is structuring my week like you have, Nick. And Yeah. You know, the thing that I would add to it too is like, this isn't a book that like is going to immediately solve all of your problems, right? Because... Uh-huh. <laughs> so disappointed. Not the silver bullet. Yeah, no. no. But I don't think that it tries to sell it as that. But this book requires you to do a lot of the work. Yeah. But I yeah. think there is a lot of freedom within that because, um, and I wonder how much of this, this is the thing, I have some of my friends that are that do this book too. And as a church, we've done Financial Peace University together. And it's interesting how that those concepts from that have then started to flow into other areas of our lives because it taught us about being intentional with our money. Mm -hmm. So like, this is a concept of how do I be intentional with my time? And so by being able to budget out when I'm going to do these things, it allows me to have freedom to have stronger no's and stronger yeses Mm -hmm. um, so that when someone reaches out and says, hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you about x y and z it gives me the freedom to be like yeah i'd love to talk about that let's can you do this time right um or uh vice versa when it's like all right i know i do i can feel guilt free on thursday afternoons being on facebook and responding to other small group point people in our facebook group because i know that i've budgeted this time to be able to do the things that i've wanted to accomplish yeah i think that's really the key, right? That's why he called it. Initially, I was like, huh, free to focus. And I thought that's an interesting title because what is that? It's, it's that idea that time is um, on kind of not on our side, but that time is us ours to manage. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this Eisenhower uh, priority metrics I've seen in the past, and he has it in here in the book as well, where you have on one side urgent, not urgent, and the other side you have important, not important. And the idea is that you focus on what's important and urgent um, or important and not urgent, and you just do- stop doing the things that are not important and not urgent. Maybe Netflix viewing would be fitting into there. Um, but he's not like hardcore about you have to be constantly uh, productive or working. He's really about you need time to sleep, time yeah, to exercise, to rejuvenate. to rejuvenate. Like he spends quite a bit of time on the importance of sleep, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, he's a big napper, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Costanza. So just sleeping <laughs> under his desk. Sorry, that's a Seinfeld reference for those that, yeah. that didn't get that. But yes, you're you're dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, <now. laughs> yeah, which is weird because you know, I'm like, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is being intentional, just like with your money. That's a good example of a program that kind of sets people free because once you're intentional, then you're spending on what you want to spend on, and you've allotted for that. Mm-hmm. So this is the idea. Same thing. Like God's given us a finite amount of time on Earth. We don't know how how much time we'll have or not have. Yeah. Um, and he's given us responsibilities and such. And so how are we managing that into the most effective way? Yeah. That's been a really interesting thing for me when it comes to the work-life balance because I wish I had more time to devote to work. Um, and so God has really been working on me, much like some people have to do with finances. Like, are you going to trust me with your mm-hmm. money? Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, God's like, are you going to trust me with the time? Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that if you put so put forward this many hours that like I'm going to take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. And like it's been an incredible experience to see him answer some of those things that like I could have done more hours and stuff. But he comes in and answers it because I'm being obedient to uh, my family or the things right. that he's, he's actually calling me to and trusting that he will take care of the rest in that sense. So 
And apparently, after a certain amount of hours, working more hours, you have major diminishing returns. Right. Yeah. He mentions that you know, <laughs> at fifty hours, there there is no difference between working a hundred hours and working Isn't fifty that hours. Crazy? I have so Would many you? Wall Street managers. I can't wait to show that yeah. study too. Cause. But but it, it it goes back to that point where I think this is where you know this free to focus. I'm I'm when I first learned this was the book we were going to talk about. I was a little. <laughs> I was I was skeptical because I'm like like really like there's we dragged Andrew into this. you did, did. And that's fine. and I own it and, and I own this is not my personality but but I, what again it's it's not about doing more it's about getting the right things done yes. and I think that's that's like my biggest takeaway yep. what are the things I need to absolutely do mm-hmm. uh, and give myself to and then trusting that God's going to take care of the yeah. rest that he that he has people around me um, other volunteers that want to to aid in this ministry as you know that want to come alongside and and will find great enjoyment and fulfillment in doing those tasks that yeah are in my desire zone. Yeah, and that's one of the things I I love about this book too is there there's a thing in there that's about the weekly preview. And so it has you evaluate like what did you another term that you may have heard is after action review. Um, and so what you're doing is you're evaluating how your last week went and one of the things you do by the end of it is write out what your three objectives, your main objectives are for the next week, mm-hmm. um, which then the next week you get to it, you get to go and review, did I accomplish those big three objectives? Mm-hmm. And when you when you find out, like there's weeks I go and I see that I didn't meet my objective, I need to determine, are there things that need to change in order to meet these objectives? Are there things that need to be eliminated so that I can? Mm-hmm. Or is this not actually an important objective? And mm. my schedule is kind of showing me that it's not, even though like mm-hmm. I may have said it's important, but it's not really. So it's it causes you to um, ev- evaluate what you're what is going to be productive in yeah. a sense, right? Um, and then with that in that same section, the thing I love is like I love to think through everything I have to do that week, and then assigning it the day that I'm going to do it mm. um, has been really helpful because it's been interesting how many times I've done that and going holy crap, you just put eight things in Monday and you can only do three. <laughs> so like when, what's going to move and what are you going to yeah. do? That? And um, I really enjoy having the freedom it gives me to know like, all right, this will be accomplished then in that mm. sense. Yeah. And then, um, but again, it goes back to like the ideal, the key word being ideal. Like right. it, there's going to be weeks where that doesn't necessarily happen. Right. There's going to be interruptions still. Right. But like knowing, I, I just knowing you have a plan and objective because before that I was just like going at it willy nilly and well, like trying reactive, to figure out when right? it is. Yeah. And then I hate when you get to the end of the weeks and you're like, I feel like I accomplished nothing. <laughs> right. Like well, it, it, having multiple weeks of that, you're just like, what is going on? So, and that's where he brings up this downhill work versus uphill work where we get stuck on this downhill work, which is the easy work, mm-hmm. emptying an email box, um, returning a phone call, talking to a coworker right. who, who desperately needs our <laughs> attention. Um, we all have those. Um, but it's not that uphill yeah. work, that hard focused work, you know? And so yeah. like you said, we leave the week think like our spouses or our friends ask us, so what did you do this week? And you, you're left scratching your head thinking, I, I have no clue. Yeah. yeah. I think the hard thing with the book to apply it is to take the time 
and do that first section. Focus on what is the why. What kind of life do you want to craft? Maybe talk to your spouse about that. Or, oh, totally. You know, or um, your supervisor or whatever. Just kind of go, what is that? And then if you have other roles, and we talked about the different roles you guys have within the church, um, I have some caregiving responsibly for my mother. And before, I would it would just bleed into the whole week, and I would try to fit it in between things. And then it would to switch my brains then to off to um, work stuff was harder. And now I've kind of batched it to, okay, on my day off on Fridays, this is where I'm just going to deal only with this issue, whatever happens. I'm going to give her my full attention. And it's actually freed me up to just go, I can do that. Or, you know, I do our, um, our home finances, bill paying. Before I used to just pay them, you know, each day or whatever. I would go through the mail. Now I just leave it and I do that on one night of the week. So proud uh, of you. I know. And it's actually been really freeing. Before, I was feeling like, oh, my gosh, there it is. It's just sitting there. Uh, <laughs> but I realized, no, actually, I'm better than having it continue yeah. to bleed through. Um, and so, of course, there's some things you can't do that for, like, you know, yep. your children. They, they should have access all the way through. But there are a lot of areas that I think we can be more efficient if we spend the time and intentionally create a life we want to design that rather than responding to and reacting to the stuff that gets thrown on our plate, a lot of which we didn't put on there and God didn't put on there. Yeah. Yeah. And the other great batching example I think applies to a lot of small group point people is, um, I realize this example doesn't necessarily for everyone, but like we're recording this podcast, right? And it took our team a good, you know, <laughs> 20, 30 minutes to get this set right. up. And then there's going to be an editing process like yes. that. Like if we were to do four or five of these podcasts in a row, then it eliminates like the setup, the teardown, the setup, the teardown, the setup, the teardown. But only you, Nick, would have the energy for that. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew and I might not be quite quite as up uh, for it. But maybe that's what it comes to, though, when, um, you know, if you're someone who is writing content to know that like, hey, I'm just going to take these two days and be able to write out the next six months worth That's of true. training right. materials right. for our leaders to be able to, and knowing that like what's good then is you have a bank of content sure. so that rather than like, I got to meet this deadline, I got to meet this deadline. You're like, Nope, here comes this and one it's, into the it's street. It's usually right. better like, because you've so. had time to like work on it more deeply than if yeah. you're pressed and you know, you got to send something out right away. That's usually not my best content. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good example. Cause there's, there are those batching things. If you're yeah. working on a training or you're doing content. Yeah. And then to to jump, sorry, if I want to jump back to another thing she talked about just before that. Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) He loves this book, Andrew. Yeah, no, he is. (laughs) Yes. I think that there's, and this is, so my senior pastor has a master's in um, strategic management or or operational management, something, organizational management, one of those things. So like (laughs) we're highly structured and it also matches our culture. The majority of our people, uh, work in New York City and so like they work these highly structured jobs all this stuff but what has been really freeing to us and our staff has been this annual strategy process Mm. and so we think about what we want to accomplish over the next year and then that gets presented to our staff they help us craft that Mm. and then that gets presented to our governing board or eldership whoever it is at your church and they sign off on it and then that becomes our boss for the year so rather than I don't know if like some churches have like constantly things changing and these things and like things like that it's been really awesome in both directions for when they come to me being like this isn't in the strategy that we signed off on Mm -hmm. and then vice versa like when Mm -hmm. i want to do something different from the Mm -hmm. strategy them being like no like 
yeah. this week. But then I don't feel like I have micromanaging like over my back That's being true. like, right. what are you doing this week? What are you doing this week? Right. Because I told them ahead of time, this is when we're going to do that. So that's probably another podcast. I'd love to go into details on like what that process looks like for us. But Um, that has been super freeing for me as a staff member. Because then you can say no to things and you have a filter already built in. Yeah. Yep. So So Angie, I'm going to give you the final word. (laughs) (laughs) What what came to my mind when Nick was talking about batching and taking that step of, um, you know, writing that content. I I can't remember if Hype touches on it or if it was another book or just... But, you know, where creativity flows from, it doesn't mm-hmm. flow when we are stuck in in the the mon- are stuck in the rut and stuck in the mm-hmm. downhill right, work, right. stuck in the tyranny of the urgent. It takes that stepping back, that the intentionality of quieting ourselves, mm-hmm. almost being bored, you mm-hmm. know, and freeing our minds to be able to focus on that, which is really vital to move our ministry forward, namely to disciple yeah. our, you know, our our followers, our flock, you know? And so what am I going to do in my, my week, my ideal week, which will be disrupted at times, which let's own to, to cultivate that. Mm-hmm. So I can more effectively shepherd the people God has entrusted me with. Yeah. And so Sabbath is definitely one of the things you can plan out for, but if you don't plan out for that, it typically gets run over by other agendas that appear to be more pressing, but really are not. Cause at the end of the day, we are moving people. That's a really good word towards um, Jesus, and that's our responsibility. So to the extent that this book helps you do that, um, I think I'll just confess now, I'll probably just adopt maybe, you know, 20% of what's in here. Uh, Nick's already adopted 100% or more. Andrew, maybe we're, we're not quite sure yet how much you're going to adopt. But it's a tool like any others, um, and there's no no yes, guilt and no shoulds involved in it. It's really, you know, take a piece of it that would be helpful. Um, and that hopefully makes your ministry more effective. So thank you guys so much for being on the program. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and you can connect with Nick and Andrew. Nick will only respond on Thursday afternoons um, <laughs> on the Small Group Network Facebook page. They're really active on there. They're also active in their local huddles in New Jersey and, and Utah. So um, you can connect with them um, in those spaces. And if you have any comments for, for me or for a small group network, you can email us or um, contact us through the Facebook page as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Small Group Network family, Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Group Talk, and thank you to Carolyn, Nick, and Andrew for that great episode. I don't know about you, but I love it when Nick and Andrew are guests. Before we go, let's talk about Accelerate. The Accelerate Small Group Workshop will help you and your leadership team build a 12 to 18 month strategic plan for your small group ministry by going through the 20 key questions every small group point person needs to know. You will finish the workshop with goals that are prioritized and calendarized and a strategic plan in your hand as we provide time for you to build with the plan. With that said, coming with a team is the most beneficial. We have a few events coming up. Accelerate Iowa is April 21st to the 22nd. Accelerate Portland is June 9th through the 10th. And Accelerate SoCal is July 13th through the 15th. Check out smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to register today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Group Talk, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. 
We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.